Hey everyone, it is Dave and Jeff. It is October 19th, 2020. It is actually my mother's birthday today. Uh, happy birthday to Ruth. Man, oh man, crazy to think we could take her out for a beer. <laughs> Dude, she's so afraid of getting COVID. She won't leave the house. She'll only leave the house to go see my sister. Really? Yeah, has not left the house since March. And none of her friends have left the house. If I said, hey, she's in Nashville, right? Yeah. If I said, hey... Let's go. I got a gift card to Ernest Tubbs Record Store. Let's go down, hang out. She's not going? She's not going. That's bullshit. <laughs> she is. See if I call again. She is not going. Uh, she's not going to Tootsie's? No, she's not going to Tootsie's. You know, it's funny. Josh talked to her today to wish her a happy birthday. Yeah. And uh, she's super nice to her grandkids, you know? Yeah. Not exactly so grandkids. nice to me. But not exactly so nice to my sister, but... But to her grandkids, extremely nice woman, okay? Okay. So Josh says, hey, Grandma, I'm thinking about coming to Nashville in January and staying for a while. And she says, go ahead. You're welcome to stay. But in a year and a half, I'm moving into an old age home. (laughs) (laughs) And he goes, what? Why? She wants someone to talk to. Like one of the senior homes. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't call it old age home. But like the senior home. Old age home. Come on. Right, come on. Right. Yeah. And I think it's one of those you can come and go. Kind of a deal, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean she's you, not in prison. No, no, she drives. She doesn't look seventy-five. No, but then she she just warned him, just let you know I'm getting the fuck out of here. She's gonna like that for about two days. Yeah, and then she's gonna be like calling him to help her find a new apartment. She's <laughs> a bunch she, of fucking people sitting around talking to their feet. She <laughs> she's gonna get kicked out. My, she is. My mom likes to fight. Like if you think my mom does in person what I do on Twitter. She just goes after you and looks for arguments all the time. She's out. Nobody dude, she's, wants that. N- dude, There's I don't so much want conflict. that. Why do you think I'm 2,000 miles away? I don't yeah. want that. This election thing, she will rip your head off. Well, I'm not even going to. Well, then I'm not wishing her a happy okay. birthday, I tell you that. <laughs> it's my, uh, it's funny, Dave. It's my mother-in-law's birthday. My former, I didn't wish her a happy birthday. <laughs> Fuck it. I'm out of that family. Fuck it. Right. Yeah. Did she wish you a happy birthday? She did. Oh, fuck, dude. You kind of got to pay it back, don't you? I guess. Will she take a text? Does she know how to text? Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's great. Okay. But it was my former father-in-law's birthday on Saturday. Now, he and I have always gotten along great until he shot his mouth off because I said Ben Casey, uh, not Ben Casey, God damn it, <laughs> Dr. Ben Casey? Yeah. Ben Carson has no purpose running HUD. Yeah, you're right. My father-in-law is a big mouth and thinks he knows more than he does. And by the way, he's a Trump supporter. As a guy born and raised in Iran, Trump would have no time for him. Uh, I have no idea. Now, he came here, started a new life, has two psycho daughters that I adore, married a woman who I adore, and 95% of the time, he's great. But he starts shooting his mouth off. I tell him, shut the fuck up. You don't know shit. (laughs) You tell him what your job used to be? Yeah. I go, and hey, he still asshole. says he knows more than you? Yeah. I go, hey, you work at Men's Warehouse, okay? You put together the ties and the pocket scarves, and I'll worry about who the fuck's qualified to Ron Hud. Capiche? Dickhead? And, dickhead. <laughs> no. This fucking guy, dude. This fucking idiot is so funny. This is why I love this guy. about four things to laugh at in that one sentence. Well, I love him. This is why it's so funny. So he comes to town when I'm first dating his daughter, right? And uh, we go to breakfast. Yeah. And he goes to grab the tap. And I go, all right, I'll leave the tip. Because, nah, no chance you tip enough. 
I'm, is that what he said? He yeah. called you out for being cheap? I fucking, we've laughed about it for 17 years. Oh my gosh. Like, it's great. His daughter thought I would be offended. She screams at him. I go, it's the funniest goddamn line I've ever heard. Oh my gosh. So no, all kidding aside. Yeah. I, I don't want people to get the wrong impression. He is great. I have no I, I still have no idea how he's a Trump guy because it makes no sense. And then his daughter told him the other day, hey, stay the hell off my Facebook. She's yelling at him. Oh, Everybody really? yells at him. Everybody does, yells at him. Nobody. He couldn't be less impacted by any of it. But uh, I said to her the other day, I go, hey, isn't it your dad's birthday today? She goes, yeah. I haven't talked to him in like two years, right? What the fuck am I going to talk to him about? Hot chicks? <laughs> and uh, I go, hey, tell him it's, uh, tell him I said happy birthday. And she goes, well, you can text him. And I look at my son. I go, that ain't going to fuck him. <laughs> the fuck am I doing that? I go, you heard me say happy birthday. If anybody asks a fucking question, it's on her. My son's rolling. He's like, why don't you text him? I go, because he's not my fucking father-in-law anymore. I don't yeah. I go, should I text my high school girlfriend's dad on it? Like, they're gone. Turn the page, man. Move on. If she doesn't want to tell him, that's on her. You heard me say happy birthday on the day. Oh, my gosh. All right. I got it. It's funny. Now that we're bringing this stuff up. Okay. Oh, I got a lot to bring up with you. Okay, hold on. So I got a, a family issue that I think has now approached where I think I'm going to have to address this issues. situation. I got a lot of issues, but I'm going to come to you right now for an answer. Okay? All right. Let me hear it. I'm here. So I have an aunt and I have an uncle who are okay. in their 70s, okay? okay? They don't have any kids. Okay. From my understanding is they're going to leave me whatever they have. Oh. What, what about Lisa? She's out? And so, well, Lisa could be out. So, <laughs> you know, though, I did tell my sister. Don't! No, no, I told my sister. I only have one sibling. I said, whatever I get, I'll, I'll split She's doing other. fine. While you're here, Yeah. you know, driving to well, Yuma. This is before she, she did fine, but yes. She's on boats. Yeah, that's true. With Eddie, and they're out there fly fishing, and they're living a pretty good life. It's, I'm not. It's Ernie. Him, okay, Ernie. Eddie, but. but he looks great. I like yes. him. I'm thrilled for your sister. Yes. You got to look out for yourself. Come uh, on. Okay, well, that's not even the issue. The issue is this: they have a parrot. Okay. Oh, fuck now listen to this. That. I just found out today. The parrot. Okay. She. Uh, the parrot is 40 years old. Oh. Parrots, I found out, can live to about 100, Fuck which means that. I'm probably going to inherit a parrot. Good. And My then we kid sell is it. probably going to inherit a parrot. Yeah, then you fucking sell it's it. It's going to be like that goddamn mouse in the Green Mile and shit, Mr. Jingles. Yeah, bullshit. Dude, my grandmother, when I was like... <laughs> you can't say bullshit, can you? Yeah, when I was like 15, my grandmother had a parakeet. Every day, I'd go visit my grandmother all the time. We had a fantastic relationship. We never fought about anything except this particular issue. And literally, I walked in no night, day, no matter yeah. what. I had not put my keys down. I had not taken my jacket off. The first thing I did every time, Dave, it's, it's not a joke. My grandmother had a um, dish towel that her mother had made, right? Okay. Old piece of cotton and she knit around the edge they did the whole thing hey graham great to see you how you been and in one motion i took this fucking dish towel and i threw it right over the parakeet <laughs> whether in the cage yeah i know what you're saying whether it was 11 o'clock in the morning two o'clock in the afternoon seven o'clock at night the fucking thing went right over and my grandmother would say all the time don't do that 
the parakeet thinks it's nighttime and goes to bed. I go, well, I'm not going to be here very long. You can take the fucking thing off when I leave. I don't want to listen to the chirp, chirp, chirp when I'm trying to visit with you. Gets on my nerves. Birds get on my There's no benefit. Birds shouldn't be in a cage. Right. Birds I agree should, with you, You and Dave. I like animals. Birds should not be in a cage. Right. Who, what? Yeah. Bob Newhart told the, remember Bob Newhart? Of course. Fucking Bob Newhart, when I was like eight years old, was on the Johnny Carson show and said the funniest joke I've ever heard in my life. And you'll be the only guy that might appreciate this joke. You, me, Bob Newhart, and Johnny Carson. (laughs) When you're eight, certain shit strikes you funny, and I've remembered this forever. Bob said that a guy goes to the pet store and he buys a talking bird. Yeah. He's all excited. He brings it home. A couple of days go by, and the bird hasn't talked. So he goes back to the store. The guy said, huh, that's so weird. You took him home. Is he on his perch? The guy said, no. I don't have a perch. He said, come on, man. You got to get the bird a perch. Get him a perch. He'll start talking. Yeah. He goes, all right. Gets a perch. Comes back a couple of days later. Bird's still not talking. He goes, man, oh, man, the store owner. He's on his perch. Is he looking in his mirror? The guy goes, I don't have a mirror. He goes, dude, when he looks in the mirror, he's going to feel like a friend's right there, and he's going to be fine. The guy said, all right. Oh, he gets a mirror, comes back a couple of days later, and he said the bird died. And he goes, the bird died? What happened? Did he ever say anything? And the guy said, yeah, right at the end, he said, food. (laughs) And that was it. That was it. And I laughed. I loved it. That's it. Fuck it. There's no... What are you going to do with a parrot, Dave? You put a fucking parrot out here? What do we got to do with that asshole? <laughs> what if I could teach it to say, who the fuck are you every time somebody comes in the house? Uh, that would last about a day because your <laughs> wife would not see the humor in that. I don't know if you could teach an old parrot new tricks. Can you? I don't know what the rules are. I couldn't give I less of a shit. But I, I can't would say we take a... him over here to Mountain Hawk and we turn uh-huh. him loose. I don't think you can. If somebody's giving you gifts, you can't sit there and get rid of the thing they're most worried about. Uh, you better do a major inventory of what is oh, on Jesus the list. Christ. Because here's what you're probably getting. You're probably getting 25 Oak Ridge Boys records, <laughs> right? Yeah. You're going to get 90 boxes of unopened Topps baseball base cards, which have no value at all. You're probably getting the keys to a station wagon that needs a battery. And you're going to get this fucking bird. <laughs> and you're going to be like, God damn it. And Lisa's going to laugh at you. Rita's going to lose her mind. And uh, you're going to feel like a real dipshit. Yeah. Some word about the bird. We'll see what happens. We'll see what if it happens. I might inherit a goddamn 50, 55-year-old bird. Ah, oh, fuck. Okay. But again, Dave. And I, know, I know they got a bunch of guns. I'm not even a gun guy. Yeah, well, those we could take out back. We could shoot cans and shit. <laughs> shoot cans. Pheasants. <laughs> they have pheasants down here. Can we do that? Uh, we'll just be crazy on that. Oh I like all God. that shit. Let helium balloons go up in the air. We'll try to take those out. Yeah. Try not to hit any uh, uh, bald eagles. Uh, yeah, don't get a parrot. Crazy. Oh, fuck. So what, right. did you, what do you have going on this weekend? No, I, what I have going on is a couple of different things. Number one, I was very, very excited 
for a new episode of Good Chatter. Yeah. I didn't like that there was a little snarky comment about me at the start. That I didn't I think it was a snarky comment. I thought yeah, we were giving it credit it. to see if it worked. We put it out there, and the now, response was fantastic. Okay, I. what is your obsession with conjoined twins? You understand it's modern medicine. They have not had conjoined twins If you're stuck at the liver or the brain, you can't do it. How do you know? Huh, well, That's not 1904. Last, That's when's not the last true. time you saw one? Donahue. And what's your obsession with seeing a dwarf jump off a chair? And I played this it's, for Jack and Cade. It's hysterical. And they're like, they said, it's so offensive what he says. And then he tries to qualify, but like, hey, I, don't, I know you're going to hear this and think it's yeah. bad. They're like, it is bad. Yes. They're 12. Okay, here's the thing about that. It shows that we're moving forward as a society. Why do the we fact need to that see him jump off wrong? the chair? Because it makes it funnier. To see the tiny legs not touching the floor. We've worked with guys in the past who they're talking in their office and their feet kind of graze Mike above. Shepard? Yes. Kind of graze above the carpet because their chair is too tall. But he, he wasn't uh, he wasn't a he little wasn't person. A, no, he was a little person. He wasn't a dwarf. Yeah, he's just he was a shrimp. He a little man. Yeah. yeah. Not much of a man. <laughs> he was a little person. Yeah. Okay. The reason why these TV shows have these huge ratings. Now, look, I, I'm I'm sorry. You know, I'm, I, truth be told, I'm glad I'm not one. Okay, Poor Josh. Okay. Did you just look at his facial expression? No, Have you watched it I didn't back? know until I watched it back. Yes, Did I you know just look at him That and he's go, embarrassed by his dad? Yes. I understand. I, I think he just it. wondered, like, what happened here? Oh, he knows I'm fucked up. Here's the deal. You're fucked up, too. Me? You're really fucked up. What did I do? <laughs> Wait, I got one more thing. Go ahead. This was the funniest shit, and I think I retweeted this. And then you can get into anything else. Have you seen these two guys, the two brothers? They're so fucking funny. They're the two black brothers, and they they do these YouTube videos for the first time they hear a song. Yes, And I it's have. in the air tonight. Yes, I've seen it. And George Jones, he stopped loving her today. Yep. And these two brothers are just, they're great. You yep. love them. And this guy wrote on social media the other day, he goes, look, I love these guys. Every team, every time I see them, I smile. I watch their videos. I think their parents have done such a great job with them. It's great. But he goes, I just have to ask, have these fuckers heard any songs at all? <laughs> like, have they heard anything? Do they have a radio in their house? And that struck me very It funny. is funny. They're great. I watch every one of them as well. Right. I, I also watch the guy who does the fake news stories. Like it, I don't know how he does it so well. He looks like he, it's an actual news story, the set and everything. I haven't seen that guy. And then they throw it to the guy who's the witness on the street. He's always the witness on the street. <laughs> He's the same guy? Yeah, it's, a, it's the guy. And who's he, that guy? And he just, everything is, I said, something ain't right here. Hold on, wait a minute. And then he says Who something. Who is he? It's, just, it's one of those guys that is a YouTube star. And he kills it, man. Every fucking time. It makes me laugh. But uh, again, you think what I say is wrong. There are a million things that are wrong. I do have one thing, though, okay. to admit that while I'm fucked up. <laughs> you have one thing to admit you're fucked up on? Go ahead. So, bring your father-in-law and he'll give me a million. <laughs> At least I know that fucking Ben Carson and Ben Casey shouldn't be running HUD. That's a win for me. I spent two days this weekend in Imperial Beach. Perfect. I be... Again, I've said it over and over again. I was wrong in blaming the city for the problems of Tijuana. Yeah. We went to the IB Forum, which was a blast yesterday. Coolo Sports Bar. Yeah. I still don't even know what the fuck that street is, but it's right there by the beach. And then we were in Coronado all day. 
And we came back to Luigi's for pizza last night. Now, I know they have one in North Park, Golden Hill, but when you hang at the end of that street, you get a slice from Luigi's. It's like a little bit of the ocean yeah. coming in. Fucking people down there are so nice. So I just want to say again, I was wrong about IB. I'm happy to admit it. The people are nice. My kids love it. And everybody down there has been so great that when we go down, just get a slice and hang out. It's really, really fun. I agree with you. I've been going to IB since about 2005, I it's guess. It's really cool. Through baseball because yeah. of Little League stuff and, and high school stuff, Mar Vista High School, everything else, and kids that you meet over the years that know your kids. And you start thinking, it feels like the ocean, right? I mean, yeah. you're, you're right there. The people are extremely nice. What you need is you need uh, people to come in and, and start fixing it up a little bit where you tear down some little well, old houses. Palm, and, palm yeah. needs to get cleaned up. Yeah. But, the, but they're starting with it, the it, west end of Palm. I, and you can see it coming. Eventually, yes. within the, the next, whatever, 10 years, I don't know how long it takes, you're going to sit there and go, that was prime real estate near the water, near the beach, and you're going to go, fuck, I should have taken advantage of that. I'm so committed to my... Uh, IB project, Dave, you're not going to believe it, but it's absolutely true. There were three left in stock. There's now down to two. I own the complete season one of John from Cincinnati. <laughs> There's only one season. I know. I bought it for my sons because we're down at Luigi's. Now, I don't know a lot about IB. Yeah. Well, So, you know, Dave, when you come down the strand yeah. and you turn and where the motel was in the show, they built those new condos. Yeah. You can go down Palm and it'll take you to the freeway. We don't really go down Palm. We just take that first right and kind of swing down by Felipe's and it takes you down by the beach. And yeah. we like that area where the brig, like I said, the IB Forum, Luigi's, all that stuff is. So that's kind of where we hang. Um, and then we head back to Coronado. But it just, we sat there last night at seven o'clock. I go, fuck, this is so nice. Like I have to give credit. So we're coming back, and this is where the fucked up part is. Okay. Drop my kids off, and there was something going on, man. There was something in the air last night. There were cops in Coronado, fire trucks, downtown there was shit. And then uh, we get over into, like, Midtown by college area, right by City Boxing, man. There's all these fucking cops and shits roped off. I said, you know what we got to do? We got to download that goddamn police scanner app again. Oh, so Jesus. we bring the scanner app back, kind of listen. Everything's fine. And I'm driving home after dropping my kids off, and it's still coming through because it comes through like the Bluetooth, like Spotify. And uh, all of a sudden, they go, hey, we have a major disturbance at 28th and El Cajon. Well, at this point, I'm at like 54th and El Cajon. So I go, well, what the? So I go, huh? Right? Kind of, huh? What's going on here? Yeah, we have a gentleman out front. He's in the barber shop. He's threatening to fight everybody. He's throwing punches. And he says he's going to kill himself. And I go, well, I got to go see what the fuck this is. It's oh, only Jesus 9 o'clock. So I make it down there. And goddamn, if it's not like what James Royal and everybody sends me, it's two guys old school throwing the Dukes right there in El Cajon Boulevard, right in the middle. Will you buy yourself with your kids? No, my kids are at home. Okay. Yeah, well, what are you doing? Didn't anyone ever tell you don't go looking for trouble? Well, I did. Yes, you literally went looking for trouble. So I watched these guys. It's terrible. Nobody has any form. They're just windmill punching like they're fighting after school back by the water fountain. Now, I have to say this. About three SDPDs pull up. 
SDD pulls up. The guy who's the instigator uh, looks like he's probably 40s, African-American man. Very vocal, something going on, probably some mental issues. And SDPD, I, from what I saw, Dave, they were fantastic. They, From what I saw, they treated this man with respect. You have everybody out there. People are filming. They're doing the thing. This guy's yelling. He's dropping himself to the ground, right? And you're just watching everything. And they have to go back to the trunk. They've got to get... Like some, what are you doing? Well, you know, people are screaming and filming. What are you doing? What are you getting out of there? And goddamn, if these four dudes from SDPD weren't just super cool, yeah, got the guy loaded up in the back, and a guy like me and another dude are kind of watching it. He goes, "Man, it's just crazy because it's COVID. Everybody's kind of fucked up in the head." But he goes, "Shit, man, those guys did it right, huh?" And I said, "Yeah," and I just thought. Like, I don't know what happens to that guy. Maybe they took him behind the water fountain and just beat the fuck out of him, <laughs> tased him, right? In the f- but I don't think they did. And I just thought it was kind of cool. Yeah. Oh, that scanner app's addicting, Dave. It's addicting. <laughs> and I also have learned that having lived here for 30 years, yeah. I have no idea where anything is. Oh, that's funny. How, if, if I had one friend, they say, who knows San Diego better than anyone else, I would say it's you. Well, that would be a lie. Because they go 2800 Kettner Boulevard. And I'm like, where the fuck is that? Where's Kettner Boulevard? Is that down by Dave's? <laughs> that Oceanside? Fuck, I know I've seen Kettner. Yeah, I've seen Kettner. I think that's over by Little Italy. I think it's over by the airport. And then they're like, Ingram. And you're like, where the fuck's Ingram? <laughs> like, I know I've been on that Just keep street. calling Jim Betancourt. <laughs> Jim, Jim. So, uh, but that was it. Other than that, everything else was fine. There you go. Man, I tell you what. I had... I had an insane weekend where this was literally my best sports weekend of my life. Every, yes. Where were you guys? Well, not not just me. It was like oh. every team I wanted to win won. Fuck you. Like you ever like come on, you've been in one of those gambling things. Yes. Where you've hit like a seventeen parlay. Yes. And you think it's, it's impossible and it's yeah. just going, Oh my God, how did this happen? This was was me. And I swear to God I'm a jinx. Like I don't think I'm watching the World Series. Dodgers are down three one. Unbelievable. I drive to Arizona. Yeah. And I miss fucking every pitch of the next game. They yeah. fu- they fucking pull it off and they win. Yeah. I'm so I'm coaching Friday night. I have three teams in Arizona. I have three teams for Saturday, for Sunday, and yesterday my day basically started at seven thirty in the morning, got home like at twelve thirty in the morning. Wow. Okay. okay. Fucking fucking nuts. Nervous as hell all day long of about course. about the Dodgers. Alabama football beats fucking Georgia. Everything goes Big. my way. Okay. That's good. And I'm like, this is crazy. But still, at the same time, I go to use the, the restroom between games, and this lady's standing there looking at her phone, which is the Dodger game on. Yeah. I go to the game to start. She goes, yeah. I go, how are we doing? And she goes, Braves are winning 2 nothing." I go, get yeah. the fuck away from me, lady. You're bad luck. I yell get at her. Get out of here. I don't even know who she is. Yelled at her. Fucking leave. Nervous of what's going on. And... uh and crazy week with my with my teams. We both teams made it to the championship game in the 18U division, which is the so top awesome. division. So I said to the families, "What do you want to do? Yeah, do you play it out or do we all just leave as champions?" Oh yeah. And because what you know, I've never had that happen before. So oh, I said, fuck "Yeah, where they came against each other ca- in the championship oh, that's crazy. game in the championship game." Oh, sure. what they do? They decided, "Hey, we're just going to all leave as champions." Bullshit. Play yeah. it out. Dude, if we played it out, the parents don't get home till three in the morning. Oh, okay. Kid, kids already in school. They start got school it. at seven o'clock in the morning. For I me, I'm it. like, fuck it, let's go. But I said, whatever you guys want to do. They that voted on sense. it. Yeah. Took a picture. They're all friends. They all practice together every time. 
boom, we're out, we're out. Cool. And so even then, we got home at twelve thirty. Oh fuck. Okay, so, got yeah. it. Yeah. So we didn't we didn't play, but still now I don't know if the Dodgers won. Okay, against the right. Braves in Game Seven. So I'm afraid to turn the radio on. Oh, I'm like well, I was the other way cheering for the Braves. Of course you were. Of course I was. And so and I, I'm not upset with you for doing it. Of course you are. So I, I'm. It was for this show. So I'm like, what a the fuck, big shot. I got, I got to know who fucking won, yeah. right? And so I, I, I called Josh. And I go, dude, I can't even turn the radio on. I'm so fucking nervous. <laughs> and I go, I can't tell you how nervous I am. I don't think I've been this nervous in years of, yeah. of a game. And he goes, Dodgers just won 4-3. And I'm like, holy fuck. I said, all right, you got, I got to go. Now I got to listen to MLB radio on yeah. Sirius for the next two and a half hours coming back so from Yuma. So you just drove out there by yourself? Yeah. I'm oh, always sure. out there by myself. So, um, yeah, now I go out there by myself, fucking have a hotel by myself, the whole deal. So, I have a kid, <laughs> I have a kid on my team who drives out there by himself. And what? is and I go, what do you mean? I go, you're, none of the kids are 18, by the way. All my kids yeah. are 15 or 16. He goes, my mom calls ahead. He goes, she, I go in, I show her ID on a scanner. And okay. then a credit card and go, my mom's shopping. She'll be in, but I'm a check in now. And he goes, I just check in and then I check out. Wow. I go, this is like home alone too, but the shitty, shitty version of Yuma, <laughs> the Yuma edition. Anyway. So, uh, dude, I just listened to our buddy Rob Bender and I'm listening yes. to all the highlights and Corey Seager sounded like he was embarrassed that he got that NLCS MVP. Uh, like he's like, I don't even want the award. You know, it was, it was so Bellinger should have been the fucking guy, dude. It was Mookie was crazy. Mookie was great. Justin Turner. It was, uh, it was it was nuts, but overall, it was as a sports weekend. Everything fucking went my way, and that has never happened in my life where everything just went my way. David's funny. Friday night, I'm down again in Coronado. We're basically down there all weekend. My son and I are down there, and you watch fucking Houston win against Tampa to go to Game Seven. Yeah, that Tampa team looks so defeated that I said to my son, "I go, this fucking game's over mentally." Yeah. So it looked like it was going to line up that it was going to be Houston back in. Yeah, Houston and the Braves. Houston and the Braves. And to me, it's fascinating, right? Like Dusty Baker, I think we all hate the Astros, it's safe to say. God damn, if Dusty Baker doesn't seem about the coolest guy on the planet, right? And you go, all right, he is who he is. And uh, but I just hate Springer and Altuve yeah. and Maldonado. And, Anybody who was part of it, right? Yeah, Correa yeah. and Bregman, all yeah. those. And guys. I know Maldonado was a part of it, but he's a punk. All those guys. Yeah. I just that team. So they are. They're just punks. And then, goddamn, if Tampa doesn't win. And the thing was, when Tampa won, I said to my son, "Fuck! If the Dodgers get in, they're winning this thing because Tampa can't hit." Well, they, they they can't hit, but Dave, that back end of their bullpen is really fucked up. And then I'm watching last night, and I'm going, holy shit. He's got Urias in the game, but he had Kenley warming up. Yeah. And it's only four to three. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> if the Braves get two guys on, and, oh, and they go to Kenley, and it just was like one, two, and three. Yeah. And the fucking Braves just folded like a cheap suit. Is that crazy? I mean, so the, I heard the question on PTI was this, and I saw all the highlights of the game. Did the Dodgers win it or did the Braves choke it away? And, well, I mean, that Dansby, Dansby Swanson running mistake was gigantic. What was he thinking? Uh, Dave, I don't know. It really was weird to me watching teams that are really good teams. Yeah. And I, I saw it with Tampa for three games before they figured it out. 
and I, I saw it with that Braves team. These are really good teams yeah. in big playoff games, and they couldn't figure it out. Now, I have no idea. Maybe if those games are being played in Atlanta, maybe if those games are being played in Tampa and you've got some kind of crowd and energy, uh, I don't have any idea. But how are you flat in game seven? Yeah. And by the sixth inning with that Braves team, you just felt like they just wanted to go home. That's how it looked. They didn't get a hit after, what, the fourth inning? I, I don't think. No. Dave, I'm telling you, I was doing the same thing, trying to fuck the Dodgers by turning the game off. Because <laughs> every time I turned the game on, the Dodgers were like, hey, where have you been? <laughs> now we're going to celebrate. I was like, fuck you, you are. I hate you. They're like, no, you don't. You know, you love Vin. You like Dave Roberts. You like the guard. Fuck you, Jeff. You're a liar. I was like, fuck you. Turn it off. <laughs> And, uh, but it was crazy. I will say this. It's Tampa and the Dodgers. I'm not saying it. I don't know right now, even though they've had two days off. I mean, the Rays. Uh, or, yeah, Tampa. Yeah. They've had a couple of days off. I know they have Blake Snell and a, a couple other Glass guys. Snow, yeah. Yeah. Charlie Morton's probably the Charlie the best, Morton's a most fucking dependable son. pitcher, yeah. Um, I, I mean, you know, a couple of guys yeah. in there. Fuck, man, if I'm the Dodgers, I'm just recharging and figuring, like, I, I think if I'm the Dodgers, I'm feeling good. Man, they got to feel good, right? You just you just won three in a row against a really good team. The Braves organization, I've said this to you for a number of years. I'm mm -hmm. really a big fan of the Braves organization. Yeah. And, and people can say, hey, look, the Dodgers have money, the Yankees have money. The Braves kind of did what the Padres did of saying, what we're doing is not working. We're going to start selling guys off and try and rebuild. They did it at such a fast pace. Yeah. And it helped that they had a, an anchor in Freddie Freeman. Yeah. But you look at some of these guys that they have. I mean, Josh Donaldson was a huge part of that team a year ago. Boom, let him go. Didn't yeah. miss a beat. Didn't miss a beat. Um, but I tell you that the Braves are really fun to watch, and they're gonna, I agree, they're going to be great for a number of years. And their best pitcher, Soroka, wasn't even playing. Fuck. I mean, and, yeah. and you look at Freed. And you, anyway, they're going in the right direction. So – um, that, that was an incredible, credible series. I was watching, you know, obviously the race cause it was here. I mean, it was yeah, really it was weird to fun. see Petco, the world series should be here. They made a huge mistake. I understand why yeah. they didn't do it because the Padres at the time had a chance of hosting the world series. Well, and you can put fans in yeah. the building in yeah. Texas too. Uh, true. And that's one thing they were saying about the World Series coming up for the Rays. They've never played a game this season with fans. The yeah. Dodgers have, they haven't. And then Buck Showalter made a, a point tonight saying the home team, which the Dodgers are considered the home team in this series, okay, they get to decide the practice schedule for when they want to work out. And then oh, wow. the other team either works out before or after what the Dodgers set up. Well, the Dodgers said, go ahead, you pick. And they said, well, we're going to pick what you would have done if you were the manager. We're going to take the exact same time at the uh -huh. game time. We want to know what the wind's like, what the shadows are like, what the yeah. weather's like. Get our body clocks situated. Right? And Walter goes, this was a huge mistake by the Dodgers because they know what it's like to play here. They've been playing here since they played the Padres and yeah. the Braves. And now this will be their third series in this building. Whereas the Rays have never been here. Because yeah. Even though it's an American League park, it's the first year it's open. Why give them any advantage to, to get accustomed to what's going on? It's in the Dodgers dropped the ball on this. That's a weird move. Yeah. Like that you would allow them to do it. The only thing I would wonder if I'm a Dodger fan is emotionally after coming back and winning in the manner that they did, is there a little bit of an energy dump? Yeah, I don't know. I now, don't know. I mean, we'll find out game one with Kershaw, right? I mean, how many times wow. have we seen Kershaw shit the bed? A and lot. I'll, 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 fuck it. Who are you telling? A lot. I mean, Kershaw, so Kershaw's ERA is normally around two. 
Yeah. His playoff ERA and World Series ERA is over four. Wow. I mean, that's a huge fucking difference. And you go, at what point of his career? He blows yeah. it now. In his, where he grew up, he grew up right there in that area. Yeah. In front of family and friends. What the fuck? I mean, how can you justify? He's going in the Hall of Fame, but he's going to yeah. go down as just a regular season player. To, to He has to play extremely well, and they have to win for you to stop thinking about Kershaw being a choke artist. I was in uh, Carlsbad today, and I jump out for lunch for a little bit, and I had Darren on, and he had uh, Andy McCullough from the LA Times, which I enjoyed. Okay. Again, again, kudos to Darren, man. They, they, they found their way, and it's been a fun show. And they were talking about Kershaw and going back and forth and saying that Dave Roberts, the other night when he let him keep going, and why do you do it? Because it's Kershaw. And the point that Andy McCullough from the LA Times made was, hey, I may listen to that in 2016. You can't say that in 2020 anymore because the track record is too strong for Kershaw falling apart. I will say this, man. 60-game season, we weren't sure about, right? Yeah. 16 teams in the playoffs, we weren't sure about. I, I'm really excited for this series. Good. If the Dodgers win it, Dave, there's no asterisk. There's nothing. They're the world champions. They are the 2020 world champions because I look at the road that they traveled to get here. They beat a really good Padres team that was motivated. Really good team. They beat and they came from behind to beat a really good Atlanta team. And this Tampa team's pretty goddamn good for yeah. for all of us that have number been number one seed. Yeah, all of us that have been watching, this is good. You got a couple of days off. If you're Tampa, we're at, so for the Dodgers, you're going to say, wait a minute, you've had, I, I get it, you had to yeah. travel from San Diego, but big deal. Um, you've had a couple of days off to set your bullpen, set your rotation, you're good. Um, things kind of lead towards Tampa, you would think. Yeah, uh, pitching-wise, I think you give the nod to Tampa. But you, if the but Dodgers the win it, to the Dodgers. whoever wins it, Tampa or yeah. the Dodgers. Oh, you can crown them. 100%. Yeah. This has been a really yeah. fun playoffs, just like uh, on yeah. the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah. They're the Stanley Cup champions. Yeah. They earned it. The Lakers are the NBA champions. They earned it. They went through it. But for baseball especially, as we get ready for the next couple of days, my son said it last night. We were, we were coming home, and you've been gone. But one of the cool things, and I don't know that you've been over in that area, but we're over there a lot. Dave, it was really fun when you go downtown, Petco's lit up, the yeah. blimps overhead, certain angles, no matter where you drive, you can see the scoreboard and the highlights, and you can hear the crowd yeah. noise and all that shit. And it kind of felt like Super Bowl week. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the circus packs up and it moves. And my son said, dang, it's going to be kind of a drag that we can't just drive by here and see the blimp and everything else that we're done with baseball until March. But... No man, if they if the Dodgers win it, then then they earned it. Yeah, and they get it. But if they fuck up, which we're all hoping for, fuck you. Yeah, no excuses. I tell you, we we talk about this all the time, and anyone who lives in San Diego is proud to say it. Petco Park is the best park in all of baseball. Pretty and, amazing. And uh, tip of the hat to the people that run the grounds crew oh. at Petco Park because it is far and away so great, not only in person but on TV. So anybody who's watching. Yeah. And the show, and you sit there and say, "Man, we got to make a trip to San Diego," and and it's not easy to sit there and get things ready for every pitcher as a way they want the mound. Yeah, you know what I mean. And those guys did a fantastic job. I think Bill Center wrote something about it too. But but I, we know Josh and I know a couple people that he grew up with that work on that staff, and wow. you and I have known people over the years. Yep. 
those guys work their asses off to, to make that field look the way it is. And, and just like you said, if it was the World Series here, we couldn't be more proud. You understood why. You know, you mentioned the fans, but also the fact that there's a good chance the Padres are going to be playing in it. You can't have one team have a home field advantage. So here's the weird thing, and we saw this a little bit with the Dodgers series. Major League Baseball said that they want the roof open, and it was 60 degrees the other night down there and windy. Windy. But they wanted to be baseball conditions now one thing that Jeff Passan mentioned we said it a couple of weeks ago is that Major League Baseball could be leaning that in the next few years it's no longer home and away it's a neutral site for the World Series and you could be here at Petco Park could you imagine if we had these teams here for for a week and it was everything going on man you could have concerts going on all kinds of different things happening and uh, he said that's the way baseball's leaning, that they look at what has happened with the NCAA. They look at what the NFL has done, how they make it all happen with a big week for an event. And Major League Baseball is leaning towards that. I think, Dave, that would be pretty cool. And I think people actually hear, I would go. If yeah, it's the Dodgers and Rays, I'd go in a minute oh, to yeah. go watch that. Well, you and I would go in a second. Okay, but I so, think a lot of baseball fans here would go. Okay, so here's here's my my complaint. I think I asked you this question As a Rays couple fans. weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's here's the situation. We've all seen World Series where you go, these aren't baseball conditions. Whether it's Cleveland sure. or Philadelphia, and you see guys wearing the fucking masks over their face and their yeah. ears and. They're freezing and pretty cold in Chicago, too fucking cold. And you go, yeah, it makes sense to always have the World Series somewhere in Southern California, whether it's the Angels, Padres or Dodgers. Yeah. You know, the weather's going to be decent. But you could play in Miami. And so, yeah, but there's always a rain issue, right? You never know when the rain's going to hit. You know, I mean, that's what it was in the past. Sorry. You know what I'm saying? In the past, that was always always the issue. So there's a reason why they put a roof on. There's a reason why there's a roof in Texas, because Mm -hmm. it used to be so fucking hot. Remember you and I went to a Rangers game? Oh. Yeah. Dude, you felt, you felt like a hairdryer was in your mouth. It was so fucking hot. <laughs> and and now they say, okay, we can control the the atmosphere and the, the temperature. It, it's going to be fine uh, what happens this week. I'm going to ask you this as a hockey guy, because I know mm-hmm. as a basketball guy, I thought the Staples Center and the fans got ripped off. You as a yeah. hockey guy, and I really don't think there's a home ice advantage, except as a fan you want to sit there and go, I want to support my team. Does it bother you, let's say, the Kings are in it and the Kings are playing in Montreal? 100% there is a home ice advantage. You think so? 100%. When they are uh, – I mean, Dave, we saw it at Honda Center in 07. I didn't go to any of the Kings games in in 12 or 14, but there's no question. If you're playing in a building like Bank Arena or you're playing in Boston Garden or Staples, you absolutely want that because – where I think it benefits, look, the Kings got out. Mike Emmerich retired today. It's a devastating yeah, day for the NHL because Mike is just a guy that he he goes across all platforms, and he's genuinely just such a sweet human being and such a nice man. remember talking to him a couple of different games, and he just talks to you like you guys have been friends forever. Such a wonderful ambassador for the game, and as the game – grows right now with so much young talent coming in uh having a guy like mike emmerich was wonderful for the league and there's a lot of fine announcers but he's one of a kind he's our sports vin scully so um it's it's hard to replace he's al michaels to the nfl al to so many sports but yeah there there is a home ice it was definitely different because 
looking at those two teams, I don't know what the crowd would have been like in Tampa. I don't mean that disrespectfully. I don't think Tampa's building is known as a um, mecca for the league, nor is American Airlines Arena. But some of the other teams that had played, oh, yeah. Edmonton, I mean, the, the crazy thing, and we've seen it through the years, is if you're playing in Montreal and they're up singing both anthems, right? Yeah. Detroit, Chicago, legendary. So, no, you, you, it, it would be big for the NHL. You want to be in that building. So, you okay with the neutral site NHL? Uh, no, I, I wouldn't like to see neutral for the NHL. I, I would like to see that continue to be the case because they're not – if you if you bring, let's say it's Chicago and Toronto, and you bring that out to Honda Center, you're actually losing a lot of the experience. Where I think with baseball, if you bring it here and it's again Toronto and Chicago, it's the Blue Jays and the Cubs. Um, I think you can have an amazing week in San Diego. Plus, it's one's outdoor, one's indoor, makes a huge difference. Yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see what direction Major League Baseball goes with it. I know, um, you know, with social media, which is outstanding for the players, they can realize the fans are still involved. Yeah. Otherwise, if you're in the NBA bubble, you never know what the hell's going on no. three thousand miles away. It's the social media that makes you realize people still care what we're doing and paying attention. By the way, social media, I stayed off for the most part, even though people kept yeah. saying. Why aren't you watching? Because I think everyone thought the Braves were about to beat the Dodgers at some point this weekend, whether yeah. it was Game Seven, Game Five, or Six. <clears throat> and I was—I thought I was pretty cool all the way through, Jeff, until I wrote. I think we can all agree, you piece of that shit. Corey Seager is the best shortstop in baseball. <laughs> what, dude? The funniest people th- lost their fucking mind. The funniest fucking line you've ever written in your life. I fucking died laughing. I'm like, this guy's such an asshole. What was the fucking line you wrote back to Canapa? Oh, I said, in a time of division, <laughs> I thought this was the one thing that could bring us all together. Because you see what he wrote in his column yeah. yesterday? Why is the United in front of states? Is yes, what he said. Of course. And so, and, and he, uh, <laughs> he doesn't get it. He doesn't get it. Fuck dumb. So here's the deal. Yeah. I'll, I'll say it right here. Jeff fucking knows. I 100% think Tatis no, is the best shortstop in baseball. But dude. it's so funny. But uh, it was the one thing to get all you maniacs to lose your fucking mind. And you all take the bait. God damn. Dave is ravishing Rick Rude on Twitter. And all you dumb fucks are in that front row with your cardboard sign and your fake belts giving him the big thumbs <laughs> down. <laughs> it's so stupid. Why do you listen? Oh, my God. They all lost their fucking mind. <laughs> But I when you said, I thought it would bring us together. <laughs> that was great. I will actually give you credit for that. That was a pretty fucking good line. I do want to say this from a columnist standpoint. I don't know. I love that Scott Van Pelt did this story. I love that Joe Buck did this story. This is an amazing day yesterday, what happened in sports. And that is in Minneapolis, Sid Hartman passed away. Holy shit. 100. Sid Hartman is iconic. And just a gruff old sack of shit, right? I mean, he is not Vin Scully. This goddamn guy, Dave, at 100 years old, was still knocking out three columns a week and doing daily radio on WCCO at 6.30, 7.30, and 8.30 in the morning. How about that? And bang, nailing it. Now, he had a woman that worked with him. And Sid dictated the column, and she typed it. Yeah. That's it. The only thing he wasn't doing at 100 years old was still typing out the column. 
And we, we've all had DirecTV. Dave's got on here. There was a show about 10 years ago on Fox Sports North called The Sports Show. And yeah. it was uh, this guy, Mike Max, who's kind of like the Larry Himmel of back there. Guy named Pat Royce, who reminds me very much of Nick. Guy named Dark Star, who was a radio guy, who 100%, Dave, was Rick Hill. <laughs> and Sid, who at the time was like fucking 90 years old. Yeah. Just these four dipshits from Minneapolis, very similar format to the old Rick Talander show. Remember what yeah. Rick did with the guys, Bill Gleason? And it was fall over funny, but only if you were from Minneapolis, because all they're doing is talking about, you know, Flip Saunders and shit like that. But goddamn, at 100 years old, he was still knocking out columns. And the coolest story that I saw over the weekend was a story written in ESPN. And it said a couple of years ago when Prince played halftime of the Super Bowl in Miami. So was that even 10 years ago? 12 years ago? How old is it? Yeah, I think that was like 2008. All right, so 12 years ago. Since fucking 88. Yeah, maybe 2006, something there, yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, Jack and Cade were born. Okay. I remember that. Okay. So, uh, either way, Sid's over 80. Yeah. He goes, I think that's in Miami. Yeah. He's at the game in Miami, and he finds out that Prince is from Minneapolis. But as Kevin Seifert pointed out on ESPN.com, Sid was pretty fucking in tune with everything going on in Minneapolis for a long time. And when you think about Purple Rain and all that shit, he probably knew. So he goes to Rob Hagen, who's been the PR guy for the Vikings for like 40 years. And he said to Rob, I want to get a minute with Prince. And Rob's like, Sid, like he hasn't talked to anybody. He's like, Rob, make it happen. <laughs> so Prince does this press conference where he doesn't take any questions. He just comes out. He plays three or four songs for the media. Because Rob's with the NFL, he's able to get Sid backstage they get through one security guard they get to a second guy who's kind of a badass nfl rob hagan says look man you don't know who this guy is but behind prince he's the second most famous guy and it might be the other way the guy goes come on in rob hagan tells the story that they see prince and he's about 18 yards you know 20 yards down the hallway and sid in his 80s is yelling prince prince And they said, the guys that are with him, all the bodyguards stop. And it's like the parting of the sea. They get out of the way. And Prince says, hello, Mr. Hartman. How are you? And it said they visited for four or five minutes. And it was the only thing that Prince did for a guy 86, 87 years old. And Rob Hagen came over and told him later, because, you know, uh, he didn't talk to anybody. He said, that's the happiest I saw us in 20 years. You know, okay, so uh, uh, here's the deal that I found out he passed away today, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, did he actually pass away today? No, they believe he passed away yesterday. Okay, They but, had announced but, his but, death yesterday. But he had a byline out yesterday. He had a byline out yesterday, but it's like Nick yeah. Wright says me. He probably wrote yeah. it Wednesday That's or fine, Thursday. But talk about perfect timing, right? Yeah. I mean, 100 yeah. years old, and the day you die, your, a story's still being in, put out in your name. I mean, that, yeah. it was really incredible. What I found amazing was he could call anybody at oh, any yeah. time, and everybody took his call. Everybody. He, like, the Cowboys could be playing the Vikings, and he would call Troy Aikman right after the game and yeah. go, 
I want to talk to you. And Troy would take the call. No matter who you were in the NFL or who you were, everybody knew who Sid Hartman was, and they would take the call. Yeah, Bob Knight, him yeah. and Bob Knight, long time. And they had this bullshit, and they have a statue for him in downtown Minneapolis because he yeah. trusts everybody as his close personal friend. Yeah. But Really cool story. Yeah, he, uh, I mean, goddamn, Dave. I go back to when I was a kid, and and shit, man, he's in his 70s then. Killing it. Yeah. And, you know, Nick's about 97, <laughs> I think. I'm not sure how old Nick is. But but I just remember one of those Super Bowls. We were there at, uh, I don't know that he was in San Francisco, but he was in Phoenix. And I'd see him in the room and just say, hey, say hi to him. And, and my uncle coached high school football, so he knew who my uncle was. And He's always very nice, but yeah. not not a guy that's going to sit there and talk to you for 20 minutes. But for Kernan or Nick or any of our buddies that are newspaper guys that had that same relationship with him, they were tight. Yeah. He was old school. But, man, he grinded. And, uh, yeah, I, I just said on Twitter yesterday, I said, God, the Vikes are so fucking bad. Even Sid quit. Sid got out. <laughs> But goddamn, man, 100 years yeah, old. Good for him. And was doing radio and writing fucking columns to the end. And yeah. just pulled no fucking yeah. punches, man. I tell you what, at 100, he looked pretty good. He looked great. He looked, looked like he was in his 70s. He looked great. And uh, there's some funny clips. His son Chad was the original voice of the Timberwolves till Horton Rat fucked him. Yeah, I heard. And, uh, and so Chad's like a talk show host at WCCO, and there's funny things that you could see on YouTube where they'll do like, um, I think Channel 8 used to do this, where they'd talk to, you know, hey, let's go over to Mike Slater. What's coming up on KFMB? Well, it was the same thing. Hey, let's go talk to Chad Hartman. Chad, what's coming up? And he'd be like, well, my dad's coming in, and we're going to talk a little Vikings. We're going to talk a little Timberwolves. And then the um, whatever the Minnesota MSL team is, uh, tonight's opening night. How many guys do you think my dad can name from that team? <laughs> and they're like, oh, knowing your dad, he probably knows two or three. And Chad's like, there's not a chance he knows one of these guys. I'm going to ask him, but I'm telling you right now, he won't know any of them. And as a dad, you laugh at that. As a kid, you laugh at that. But yeah, man, that is, I mean, a guy, I mean, he'd been cranking it out my entire life. It's pretty wild. It's a shame. sad day for, sad day for Minneapolis, for sure. But I thought it was really cool, and I bet he would have got a kick out of how much uh, credit he got nationwide. Because yeah. I don't think Sid could be pretty gruff, but I don't think he would have realized that. I think he would have thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, it's a shame he had the falling out with his son, Steve, and they never mended fences. Because <laughs> one guy had talent, and one guy was humble, and the other guy was full of shit, living on an air mattress with one fork. <laughs> Hey, want to mention Dan? Steve, Wo hang on. Go ahead. Steve probably claimed that he was no shit. Steve would have claimed that was his come dad. Come on, Steve, get some <laughs> ethics. Hey, want to mention Dan Williams? <laughs> we talked to Dan just the other day. Good things are happening, and I mean that for the audience because the audience has taken time to call the number that we tell you to call all the yeah. time. Dan can help you out financially. A lot of people right now are a little bit confused on what they should do and what's going to happen with this election, what they should do with their home and get out of debt. And how do you stop renting and get out of the rental market, get a house? Dan Williams wants to help you through the process. His number is 858-688-6813. Many of you have already called him, 858-688-6813. It's challenging times, and when you look, 
pretty crazy to think two weeks from today is my son's birthday. Yep. Uh, both of them. That means it's November 2nd. That means we are literally less than two weeks away from being in November. And I don't know. I know it's been a busy year, but let me remind all of you. You know what happens after November? You're fucking right. That's December, kid. Here comes Christmas. My friend Bobby couldn't, I don't know why he couldn't say it. Could say every other word except Christmas. So, uh, how's your financial plan? Are you lined up? Are you ready to go? Are you good? If not, 858-688-6813. And even if you feel like you're good, why don't you confirm it? Now, do, uh, Dave, if I had not followed Dan's plan, I had to do something the other day. And not because it was necessary, getting out ahead of myself, uh, being able to put brand new tires on my car. I'm driving down here to Carlsbad the whole time. And tires were kind of getting there, probably yeah. within the next six months. But when you're able and you go, hey, financially, I'm okay to go in and put 80,000-mile Bridgestone tires on the car. Fuck, it's so great to do it. But I was able to do it because I followed Dan's advice. You should do the same thing. Once you're ready to buy that home, the guy you're going to call is Brian Curry. Brian Curry has been with Caldwell Banker for a number of years. He's been in the real estate market for more than 20 years, and he's won a ton of awards. Nobody knows San Diego County like Brian Curry does. Jeff just told you, signing off an IMB. Love it. Talk to Brian Curry. His number is 619-251-1588, 619-251-1588. It is amazing how many nice places there are in San Diego. And like I said, just kind of hanging out down by the water in IB, coming back up to Coronado. But then we were in Mission Hills. Like, When's the last time anybody took a drive through Mission Hills? Yeah. And you go through there. And he said, uh, my kids always say the same thing. Man, Dad, this would be the neighborhood where if you had to take uh, take our dog out for a walk at night, I would love to walk yeah. around here and see everything going on. What is the neighborhood for you and your family? Well, the person to call would be Brian Curry because it's going to start with the neighborhood, then it's going to move to that street. But Brian's going to make sure to ask the questions you would never think to bring up. And by doing so, it's going to save you so many headaches and also save you so much money. Give Brian a call. Tell him Dave and Jeff sent you. Absolutely. When you're ready to put that brand new pool in the backyard, look, it's uh, almost the end of October. The weather is still warm. It's San Diego. The weather's always going to be nice. You need that pool. You call Alan Taylor from Taylor May Pools. More than 20 years he's been doing this. Whether you have a pool that is working or a brand new pool that you want to start with, Alan can walk you through the process. 619-449-4452. 619 619- Four four nine four four five two. We talk about the brand new pool so often, but what about those of you that already have the pool? I was saying a friend of mine, Temecula, is getting ready to move to Indianapolis, and she was looking and said, man, I got to have my pool resurfaced. I got to have some of the tile work done. If you find yourself in that same category, call TaylorMade Pools. They're not only going to do it, but they're going to upgrade the look of your pool and you're going to feel like you have a brand new one, even though it's been one you've been swimming in for five years, 10 years, or maybe longer. Yeah, take a look at our website, DaveAndJeffShow.com. Go under that sponsor page for TaylorMade Pools. Get a look and see what Alan and the guys can do there, unless you live in Temecula, <laughs> because pretty boy Taylor doesn't want to drive that far. So uh, I had a job for him. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, but I think he'll go, I I, I think, he, no way he's going to Fallbrook. <laughs> So I know that. I mean, we have people listening worldwide. Dave and I had a guy call from Dubai, said, hey, I've got 75 hotels. I want Alan. I can't do that. It's Winnipeg <laughs> jet season. 
But if you're here, apparently within the San Diego city limits, we can get you out. We can do that. But if you, God damn, if you're north of Rancho Bernardo, yeah. it might be a push. Yeah, it might, might be a little bit of a push. <laughs> Kyle Fluker is the guy to help you with that website. Look, if you're starting a brand new <laughs> business or if you have a website that is struggling, Kyle has the answers for you. Very simple. 619-500-6621. 619-500-6621. Well, I'll tell you the guy who's going to need a new website because he's not going to have any to work for after tonight, and that's Jeffrey Tubin, former legal analyst for CNN. Dave, you familiar with Jeffrey Tubin? Is he the one that faked uh, his Twitter account? Is that the guy? Which guy? No, that okay. was the guy from uh, C-SPAN okay. who asked uh, the mooch whether or not he should reply to Donald Trump and then said his account got hacked when it wasn't. Jeffrey Tubin is the dark-haired guy with glasses that made his name during the OJ trial on uh, CNN and kind of looks like the actor Josh Gad. You okay. know who that yeah, guy no, is? is? Exactly. Yeah. So Tubin was there, wrote for Vanity Fair, wrote a book about uh, OJ, and then he's been a CNN legal analyst for all this time and also working for The New Yorker. I can't believe I'm the only guy. Nobody knew this fucking story. And then uh, it's all over social media tonight. So Tubin was on a Zoom call yeah. with The New Yorker and WNYC, which is the public radio station in New York, discussing coverage of the upcoming election and what they were going to do. The first story you heard today was that Tubin had been suspended by the New Yorker and suspended by CNN because inadvertently he appeared naked on the Zoom call with <laughs> WNYC and the New Yorker. He apologized, said he did not realize his camera was on, and he, he apologized to his wife and everybody else for the embarrassing mistake that he made. As the afternoon went on, we found that not only was Tuba naked, he was pulling the goalie. Oh, no. And everybody from the New Yorker and CNN saw him. Now, he is very anti-Donald Trump, and the New York Post is very pro-Donald Trump. You know what that means? Headline tomorrow, a Tubin, his own horn. <laughs> So, uh, Jeffrey Tubin probably will not have any work at CNN, probably will not have any work for The New Yorker anymore, but if he wants to publish penthouse letters or do maybe start a new yeah. uh, fans-only website, I would recommend he calls Kyle Pfluger. Yes. I don't know that Kyle has any experience with that, and Kyle, I would tell you, just kind of nod, don't shake hands with him, but uh, if you have a website and you haven't been busted on a Zoom call... Jesus. Can you believe this guy? Oh my god! Fuck is everybody doing? Oh my like, god. have you? You're on Zoom calls, right? Yeah, all the time. Okay, my Zoom is in the bedroom, so I'm constantly like, "Is the bed made? Is there laundry? Yeah. I don't even drink. I'm like, are there beer bottles? Yeah. Like, is there something that? Do you try and position like a corner? That seems like the big thing. You try and position the camera, the thing into a corner. You know? Yeah. What I mean? Okay. Yeah, just so it's not. I'm pretty sure Jeff Passons broke. By the way. Just because I look in his background, I'm like, this guy does. I don't think owns anything. Yeah, he's just yeah, Adam Schefter. Yeah, well, yeah, Schefter. If you notice, he plays with the football helmets in the background. Oh, he does. He changes the helmets around. Oh, Michigan's always there and always the game of the week in the NFL. Like the he's Brian Golden. Yeah, he's Brian Golding. The helmets change. Um, but as nobody like you're already freaked out. I think we do them twice a week. And you're like trying to figure out your shirt or your hair, right? Like, do I have a work shirt on? I can't be sitting there 
my sons and I watched the most recent um, Bad News Bears. Yeah. And uh, Billy Bob Thornton has a shirt in there that I love. So I bought it to freak out my kids. Yeah. And I wear it all the time. And then I wear it into places where I forget I have it on, <laughs> like a, a pizza place. And the shirt says, she looked good last night. Yeah. And we'll go into a restaurant or whatever. My son's like, Dad, you got that goddamn shirt on. <laughs> I'm like, ah, whatever. Let's see what the reaction is. But I don't have that. I, Dave, I don't even do that. And so I was telling their mom tonight, and she's like, she's like, when you're doing a Zoom call for work, she goes, do you even have like like sweats or like pajamas? I go, fuck no. I go, it's the only time during the week where I put jeans on. You really? And you can't, yeah, you can't, you see, can't see anything, but I'm so paranoid yeah. that you have like a collared shirt or something on. So it just looks like you're working. Yeah. Tubin's like, well... I know it's public radio, and I know it's the New Yorker, but this fucking membership to Pornhub, yeah. I got to get my money That's right it. during the call. Fucking sticky fingers. You want to know what he was watching? Like, what is it that that guy was watching? Cost him his gig, man. Watching stepsister porn. What's he watching? What's he watching? <laughs> Conjoined twins porn? Tom Brenneman's Dude, like, that's Jeff- a bad decision. Jeff and I worked with a guy, I swear, the first day he told us three things about himself that I remember like stunned us. And one of them was, I don't know about you guys, but I'm into doctor porn. Do you remember this guy? No. Was <laughs> it the guy that went to the clubs? Was it the guy, who, the rub and tug guy? It was the guy with the bad stomach. The guy that would take off all the time because he had a bad stomach. Remember in the middle of the show? At Free FM? No. <laughs> what was that? It was at 1360. Thirteen sixty. Oh, <laughs> this is one of the first things he said to us. Doctor Porn. Yeah, he goes, man. I don't know, and we like we knew him, but we didn't really know him. Yeah, and I remember he said it in our ears, and we're I'm just looked at you like, what the? I'm going to tell you. I'm going to say this right here tonight. A lot of you listen to this, and you go. Man, Dave's fucked up or Jeff's fucked up. <laughs> yeah. We're really not. We tell you everything. But then have you met some of the weirdos that we know yeah. that only tell this shit to us? Like, we're, we're really on the tame side. <laughs> With Jeffrey Tubin, you go, he's fucked up. I, I, like, I'm worried. Like, do I have my reading glasses on for the Zoom meeting? Do I look like a yeah. fucking... Yeah, nobody's fucking spanking one. Except this asshole. Tubing his own horn was so goddamn funny to me. Fucking guy. And now, how do you go tell your wife that? Dude, how do you apply for your next job? Why did your last job end? What the fuck? Yeah, I had the ache. Yeah. (laughs) Can you imagine? Dave, think about the staff at like KPBS Radio. Yeah. Right? I mean, if it's the staff from Rock 105... They're like, go, 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 right? But like KPBS, it's like my friend Mo Cavanaugh, Ken Kramer, just like the yeah. nicest, sweetest people in the world. And then like the New Yorker, I mean, I they have some credibility. And you're in an editorial meeting yeah. with a guy from CNN talking about what you're going to do election night. And you're like, does he know his camera's on? How many people have gotten busted for this shit? Using, taking Dude. a shower. Oh, in we the saw bathroom? that girl go use the restroom right at the very beginning when this whole COVID thing happened. Remember? I get that, like in March when everybody yeah. was trying to figure everything out. Like, I don't know why 
you would position your yeah. camera right there. But you look at it and you go, all right, we're all we're all trying to figure out. God yeah. damn, it's October, Tubin. I had, a, <laughs> I had a lady on an airplane a couple of years ago. We were talking about she was playing golf in Alabama. I'd never met this woman before, and we're waiting to take off. And we're kind of all starting to sit down, find our seats. And she says, yeah, I played golf at this course. And she says, I'm going to show you. She pulls out her phone. Oh, boy. First two pictures of her naked on the hotel Beautiful. Bed. And I looked at her. I go, hey, do you want to change seats? Because I've seen you naked. She goes, no, I'm not going anywhere. You've already seen me naked. <laughs> you gave her like five? It was it was uncomfortable for both of us, though. I mean, she just posed on in a, in a hotel room naked the night before. I think before. she did it on purpose. That's what someone else said to me. She I think did she one hundred percent did it on purpose. Yeah. yeah. Ah, and her husband's probably in the back, little creeper looking over the seat. <laughs> He's in the cockhold shit. Yeah. He's into that. He just smells like lotion. <laughs> little fucking weirdo did you ever see that movie what was it was it uh i think it was the hang no not the hangover the one uh the getaway i think it's the getaway with alec baldwin okay. and kim basinger michael madsen's in there and meg tilly's in there i swear i think this is it michael madsen's like this big motorcycle guy um jennifer tilly yeah Huge rack hanging out, yeah. and Jennifer Tilly's married to some little fucking dork. In right? real life, she's married to a little dork. Yeah, but yeah. in the movie, she's married to this guy. So now, in the movie, somehow, Tilly and her husband run into Madsen, and Tilly and Madsen kind of hit it off. So next thing you know, they're at this motel, and the husband is like tied to a chair, and he's like crying in the bathroom while Michael Madsen's just banging Jennifer Tilly. And he's crying and he's sniveling and he kind of looks and Michael Madsen goes, hey, knock it off in there, you little pervert. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, who writes that scene? It's so weird and disturbed, but yeah. it's a very funny scene in the movie because <laughs> you just laugh. The guy's just miserable. <laughs> he just gets smacked again. One more time by Madsen. All right. All right, here we go. How old are they? How much are they worth? We're going October 19th. We're going to start off with one of Jeff's favorites, Evander Holyfield. Oh, shit. How many times did I see him live? I saw him fight Riddick Bow outside, not when the guy flew in. Um, met him once. I met him once in person. Yeah? Where was that? It was the strangest story of all time. I'm in Atlanta about 1990, okay. 1991, where he was champion of the world. Yeah. And I'm lost in Atlanta. If you've been to Atlanta, every street's either Peach Street, Peach Street, or Martin Luther King something. And I don't know where the fuck my hotel is, but I see the Omni, so I'm going to yeah. run into the fucking Omni. I'm going to ask someone where can I find so and so, and I run in there and I run right into fucking Evander Holyfield. God damn, nice. And he told me where my hotel was. <laughs> he was a super nice guy. He seems like a good dude. Um, Evander Holyfield. Has like 12 kids with 13 women or some shit. I mean, some, oh, some, yeah, like, crazy. So I'm completely like, you do the math. You're like, wait a second. What's the math on this? Fuck. Uh, 84 Olympic team. I'm going to say that he is 56. 58. Wow. Okay. God, I hope he still has his money. Made a lot. Uh, I'm going to say $100 million. He lost more than $200 million. He is worth $1 million. Oh, my God. Yeah. How about that shit? He's trying to fight. Come back, right? Get some of that money back. Oh, boy. All right. Here we go. John Lithgow. John Lithgow. Um, 
Very funny in World According to Garp. Yeah. Underrated movie, right? Underrated movie. And unless we watched it again. Like I haven't seen it since it I came saw it about out. a year ago. Was it still good? It was good. It was, it was a good movie. It was a book, obviously, before. Yeah, John Irving. Uh, fuck. Okay, John Lithgow, 70. 75. 75. Uh, never, like, always been that guy just lingering around in the background. A little weird. Uh, I'm going to say 20 million. $45 million. Milken. Yep, here you go. Another one of your favorites, John Favreau. John Favreau's great. Um, I'm going to say he's 55. 54. Strangest thing to me about John Favreau is obviously he was the friend in Rudy. He was in Swingers. Friends. He was the MMA fighter. And he was was Rocky Marciano. And he looked great. Like he was in great shape. But you look at him now, he's a big sack of shit. He's great though in uh, Iron Man. Yeah. With all those. Happy. He's one of those guys that seems kind of like... um, uh, Stiller, like Ben Stiller, one of those yeah. guys would rather be behind the scenes instead of in front of the camera. Yeah, really talented dude. Um, dude, I think he's worth some money. Uh, directed a lot of big fucking movies. I'm gonna say Favreau's gonna surprise us and go 65 million. Wow, really close. I thought you're gonna make a mistake and go well into the hundred. 60 million dollars. Yeah, yeah. I thought it would be a lot more. I- I'm a huge fan. Yeah, I like him. He's cool. All right, here we go. We have four random questions tonight instead of five. Okay, World Series starts tomorrow. What's your prediction? Uh, Dodgers in six. Okay, I can I can go with that one. I'm going Dodgers as well. All right. If the Padres could only keep three players for the 2021 season, which three are you keep? Oh, I like that a lot. Um, we're just talking off the major league roster. Yep. I'm gonna keep. Uh, I'm gonna keep uh, Tatis. Okay. I'm gonna keep. Let me. I gotta do the outfield. L- let me go around the outfield. I'll tell you who stays to go. Uh, Fam goes. Grisham goes. Myers goes. Hosmer goes. Uh, Cronenworth actually is gonna go. I'm gonna keep uh, Tatis. I'm gonna keep Clevenger, and I'm gonna keep Lamet. Really? So Machado goes. So you keep two pitchers and let Machado go. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. All right, that's fine. I think it's easier to replace the third baseman yeah, than it is a legit right. ace. C- completely agree with that. I was thinking in my mind it would be Tatis, Machado, and Lamette, but it, but you're right. You can't go wrong with that. Keeping those two uh, two ace pitchers, not a bad deal at all. Especially because neither one yeah. appears that they're going to need surgery. Okay, let me ask you this question. Just mm-hmm. changing the question up here. If you're the pods, all right, and you're this close, I mean, you're there. You can yeah. see it. If you're the pods, do you eat Fam's deal or try and trade Fam and try and sell Marcellus? Uh, try and sign Marcellus Suna? Boy, Dave, for me, I actually, um, because I think I, I mean, I love Osuna. Uh, to me, the bigger play would be if you could unload that deal and go after Bauer. Yeah, well, that's yeah, that's because a lot. it's the one thing that. But we've Bauer seen. might be a one-year rental. No, it just I got had a one-year contract. I got it, but I mean, for me, what I'm looking at is pitching, man. I mean, these fucking teams are going to bullpen games yeah. in the goddamn, you know, American League and National League Championship Series. Yeah, it, it, it was funny what what Darren said to that dude, Kevin McCullough. Is he had covered the Royals and he said you covered Ned Yost, an old school manager, and Darren used the analogy of Madison Bumgarner coming out. How different that was, right, in the World Series, and now we see what we've seen to this point. What's been the biggest change? And and he talked about a lot of things that you've always said, right? That you can't let guys see the see the lineup for the third time. 
But to me, Dave, I, I look at it and go, sorry, I liked baseball when it wasn't, hey, we're going to start things off with uh, uh, you know, Drew Pomeranz and try to get an inning out of Craig Stamen. I liked it when it was, dude, here it comes. Here comes Kevin Brown. Here comes fucking yeah. Madison Bumgarner. Here comes Kershaw, whoever the guy is. And they're going to fucking give me seven innings, and then I'm going to go to my two guys. I just That's what I liked. And, and I hope somebody comes back to the mindset that goes, Dude, my guy has the mindset. You can look at him four fucking times. You can think you have any advantage. He's already seen you four fucking times, too, and he still thinks you're shit. <laughs> um, but that's the thing for me. But looking at that Padre team, I'd much rather have a starter than uh, than the bat. And I say that with all respect to yeah. Azuna, Rosarina, right? I mean, that kid fucking stud. I mean, they're bats to be held, but, but legit stud pitchers? Uh, that's what I, you I, mean. I don't disagree with that. I, we talked about this a little bit last week about who's going to step up in that rotation for mm-hmm. next year and what at what point you start bringing guys up to say you're now part of the rotation, whether it's uh, Gora, Morione, anyone. Yeah, but, Patino. Um, Patino, because I'm thinking about like the Dodgers next year heading in because that's who you're chasing. That's, right. what, that's what you're chasing. So the Dodgers have six starting pitchers Big. going into next year. Because remember, Price didn't play this year. Oh man! So you uh, yeah. so you have you know you have Bueller, you have Kershaw, you have Price, you have May, you have Urias, you have Gonsolin. I mean, yeah. six guys are, and plus they got rid of fucking Stripling, they got rid of yeah. Hill, they got rid of Maeda, and that that's what if that's what you're trying to get to, and that's what the Braves were set for. But they lost Hamels and they lost Soroka, sure. and the Braves still made a hell of a run. Yeah. That's that's you aren't wrong. That's where the that's where the game is. You know how deep can you go? Because you know at least one or two of those guys will end up on the fifteen DL. Man, if you got a happens. guy though that I mean this bullshit that you can only go five. I mean it was part of the pushback on Dave Roberts last night yeah. when he pulls May and May's just been insane. And you go to Gonsolin and he gives up you know the two runs and then you're like, well fuck, why didn't you keep with May? Yeah, like try to go two or three out of May. And then go with your guys. I just, this idea of one inning per guy, you know, Nick was crying the blues about the pace of the game. And there's a lot where I read Nick right now. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. Right? Yeah. But I got what he was saying. Like old school when it was just, that's a thing for me. I, I think the issue is not that you're seeing eight guys. I just think we miss the days. Um, we saw with the Yankees, right? With Pettit or Clemens and they'd be going against Schilling and Johnson and, you're like, fuck, man, this is old school. I mean, look at that game. One of the best World Series games of all time is the game that I fuck with Mud about all the time. It's game seven of the 91 World Series where it was John Smoltz against uh, Jack Morris. Yeah. Both of those fuckers are in through nine in a 0-0 game. It's insane. They weren't going, hey, we got to go Juan Berenger or fucking Rick Aguilera in this game. Tom Kelly and fucking Bobby Cox said we're going with our guys. And yeah. I know Bobby Cox is in the Hall of Fame. I don't know that Tom Kelly is, but he could be. Two-time fucking. He should be. Two times you should be in. Yeah, two-time World Series winner. You should be in. All right, here we go. Speaking of David Price, did Avery Bradley of the Lakers and David Price of the Dodgers make a mistake by sitting out? A hundred percent. I mean, look, you have to do what's right for you and your family. I get that. But you only get so many fucking chances at the brass ring, right, yeah. Dave? Now, does Avery Bradley get a ring? I think Avery Bradley does get a ring. He's not on that T-shirt that has all their faces on it. I like that. Good. And Avery Bradley was the the Lakers' best defensive player. He was a starter. And they're like, fuck off. (laughs) Fuck off. I think they they give him a ring, but I don't think Avery Bradley's back. 
I don't think he's back, and I, I wonder about David Price, too. But he makes so much money, that would be tough to get rid of. I got it. Yeah. But but how do you come in? Uh, and again, it's a weird, slippery slope. Who are you and I to judge anybody? But, but when fucking you can Bradley, I mean, no offense. Well, fuck it. I'm going to say it. Every Bradley's kid had asthma. Dude, I have fucking asthma. You're yeah. in the bubble. He's not in the bubble with you. Yeah. He can't give him a fucking COVID from fucking 3,000 miles away. I don't. I don't get it. I'm just saying from a professional standpoint, I don't know how you blend back into that room. Yeah. For either of those guys. I mean, David Price had never been there, but I just don't know how you come in. You, I can't. How are you going to give this fucking guy a ring? Yeah. I don't right? think. Yeah. I, honestly, I don't know how you give David Price yeah, a ring. Yeah, he's been sitting at home going to Lazy Acres <laughs> every day, getting his wife fucking, right, eggs. And and we're here getting our fucking nuts kicked yeah. in in Arlington, trying to win. Fuck you. Give them the win with the cubic zirconia. <laughs> I mean, I just, I don't know. And if you're a player, how do you accept it? Like, if I'm yeah. David Price, I'm like, hey, man, I'm thrilled for those. I, I don't, that ring, I, I wasn't even a part of this right. team. That's I, it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't disagree Avery Bradley you. might be different, Dave, because he was with them from October through February, yeah. right? Yep. So he's with them through all of that, through all the games, was and then starter, shit got top defensive player on the team. Yeah, right. David Price was with them for three weeks in March just for the press conference. That was it. Introducing yeah. him as David Price. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, he's been at Cracker Barrel in Nashville for the last three months. Fuck yeah, that's all he's doing. <laughs> Trying to play that game with the pegs. Uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna change my feeling. I think Avery Bradley gets a ring. Because he was there through camp and through the first two-thirds of the season, but no on David Price. Yeah. I uh, think Bradley gets one. I, he's probably like, how the fuck am I not on that shirt? The, <laughs> that was the best. That's the first thing I looked for. Xavier like Bradley that. on the fucking shirt. I no, like you that. are not on the shirt. Nope. Neither is DeMarcus Cousins. You know, fuck oh, it. Oh, shit. You're, you're out. They probably give DeMarcus Cousins one, too, is my guess. Well, yeah, because he got injured. Yeah. And, and they, well, they cut him, too. They released him. When did they release they, him? They released him... Um, a month before COVID hit. Oh, yeah. He's not getting a ring. <laughs> You're already done. We well, never played a goddamn minute. No. But, yeah, they thought he was going to get healthy, and they, they let him go. All right, here we go. Last one of the night. Charles Barkley will partner with Phil Mickelson, and Peyton Manning will part partner with Steph Curry, an upcoming celebrity golf event on November 27th. Are you interested in watching this, and do you like these uh, mixture of celebrity golf events? So Tiger Woods is out. Okay? Yeah. Charles Barkley's obviously in with Phil. So you got Charles sucks at golf. Phil's yeah. obviously the best one there. Steph Curry's supposed to be pretty good. Yeah. You're interested in watching this. I like that one. Peyton Manning's yeah. always funny. Yep. Yeah. Barkley's great. Mickelson will talk shit to everybody. Uh, Curry will probably be a little bit dry in that whole thing, but he can play a little bit. Yeah. I think that's good. I think that's good. Yeah, I think it'll do well. Well, your kids watch your kids like Steph Curry. Yeah, uh, for a while. On the weekend, it's out. God damn, I, I'm going to need elbow surgery, Tommy John surgery, and I'm going to need my shoulder done because <laughs> all we do on the weekend is throw passes. So I posted that picture last week of YA Tittle. Dude, that's how I fucking feel every Sunday. I just have to sit there because they play one-on-one -on -one against each other. I have to throw about 88 fucking passes. I, dude, I guarantee I throw more fucking passes every weekend than Philip Rivers does. <laughs> and then it'll hit a guy right in the hands, 
and he'll drop it. Come on, Dad. I'm getting hammered by my teammates. It's like playing with Michael Irvin and uh, Terrell Owens all on one team. But um, so, yeah, <laughs> as far as hanging around, one, uh, one quick thing, Dave. I don't know how many people saw boxing the other night, but Lomachenko, what a fight with Tio Lopez. Tio Lopez got out to a huge start, and then uh, Lomachenko gets back into it. It looked like Lopez was running out of gas for the Unified Lightweight Championship. Yeah. Two incredible Who won fight- the fight? I don't know. I was, I, uh, Tia I was, Lopez scored really? the upset. And he was the one that called him out saying that he was big-timed, right? By yeah. Him? Yeah. Damn it. I but Lomachenko is considered pound for pound probably yeah. the best guy in the sport right now. And it was really weird because I wonder with no atmosphere at the MGM Grand if that had any impact. But... To me, I mean, Julie Letterman had it 119-111, just fucking ridiculous. The scorecards were all over the place. But it was great for boxing. Joe Tessitore sucks. God, he's so bad. I can't stand him. Oh, my God, he was fucking horrendous. But people talk about Lampley. Lampley is pretty horse shit when it comes to boxing. You can watch a YouTube clip when Oliver McCall knocks Lennox Lewis down. And Lewis gets up, but he doesn't know where he is. He's staggering all around, and they wave the fight up, and Jim Lampley's like, unbelievable! Like, the fucking guy doesn't know what city he's in, you dipshit. Uh, and Lampley's the same guy that thought uh, uh, Mel Taylor was up 11 to nothing against Cesar, uh, Julio Cesar yeah. Chavez when Mel Taylor couldn't see out of either his fucking eyes, had swallowed a pint of blood, and Chavez comes back and wins that fight because that dumb sack of shit Lou Duva who always had to get in the way, jumps up and runs down, distracts his fighter when Richard Steele says, are you okay, are you okay? Mel Taylor's looking at Lou Duva, and again, fucking Lampley blames Richard Steele. Fucking they should take Lampley's Hall of Fame ring away. <laughs> I love him. He's a Hall of Fame guest, but I'll tell you this as we wrap up. We should have gone with Joe Buck. Yeah, fuck. Son fuck. of a bitch. Son of a bitch. All right, we'll be back on Wednesday. 